Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We have another great show for you. This we have Dr. Randy Smart, and he's going to talk about ulcers, right? Stomach, stomach ulcers, ulcers, John. Yep. So not just generic. We're we're narrowing it down to stomach. The stomach, right? Yes. Yeah, so is it, it? It really is what eats you. Is it? The, it's the you know. It's. I have some very good news for, All right. for the viewers yes. and for you. This is really good news. All right. This is a disease that you don't have to lose weight for. Like every other disease we've talked about, you had to lose weight. Right. That's pretty cool, sure. right? And this is a disease that's getting better. Easier Have, to manage? Is it easier? Less of it. Less of it. Interesting. So when's the last time we talked about a disease that's not getting worse? Um, what do you think a reason for that is? Why do you think we're seeing less of it over time? Well, I think a couple reasons. Um, one of the uh, things that provokes stomach ulcers is smoking tobacco got it and so we love less less chronic irritants type yeah, of thing okay. exactly and two is there are much better treatments now uh, almost kind of preventative treatments so somebody that might have the startup symptoms not sure they do the preventative treatment they never really form a full ulcer right, and right. never get into trouble so a couple good reasons for that yeah. um, but, and it's not to say that it's not a problem anymore. It's definitely right. a problem. And, right. and, you know, even at our uh, county hospital here, the Mark Twain Medical Center, we, we see ulcers probably every month, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, you don't have to lose weight, and it's not getting worse. <laughs> um, a question, though, as a, as a doctor, is sometimes can it be the canary in the coal mine that's a indicator of something more serious or something i mean do you see it that way times or no well we the the medical community the doctors always when they see a problem right they always say well it could be this 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 i mean that's the way we're trained that's the way yes. we think so stomach ulcers can be stomach cancer right, uh, right. so so we know that and we think about that um and uh, it can be associated with other diseases. People who become seriously sick can develop ulcers kind of as a result of that stress of being sick. So, so yeah, we always have that in the back of our mind. But, you know, what, what's really cool to me is uh, some 30 years ago when I was in training, we thought all ulcers were caused by stress. I'm talking about the 1980s, yeah. you know, I'm not talking about like 1800s, right. Right. you know, and we thought all, and, and we saw a lot of them, I mean, bleeding, throwing up, uh, you know, operations, and, and actually, stress is still on the list, but it's kind of a minor part, it's not a very big part of this, but, uh, and, and to take it even a step further, if you were to go back to the 1940s, 1950s, like some of the treatments for stomach ulcers are things you would you would be amazed at. Like they thought uh, your dental hygiene was related to stomach ulcers. Got it. So one of the treatments for ulcers were to take out all your teeth. And they would do that. They would do that. I've known people that went through that time and are... And, and so, so taking a Prilosec or two is easier than... Um, than taking out all your teeth, yeah. <laughs> right. right, exactly, right, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's been quite the uh, evolution of understanding and treatment. Right. Um, we know a lot today. There's probably still a lot we don't know, but 
uh, it is really, uh, it's been one of these, I mean, it's almost like, um, what, tuberculosis, where, you know, which was consumption. And back in the 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s, man, it was a problem. Everybody got it. You had all institutions that were just TB. Yes. TB yep. farms. TB only. Yeah. yeah. And you don't see much TB anymore right. in, in this kind of environment, this kind of community. And ulcers are kind of the same way. It used to be this big deal. Everybody had them. You know, they were getting their teeth taken out. They were, you know, doing all this other stuff. And we've kind of got a little bit of a handle on it now. Very cool. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. 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 So, you know, even if somebody does have some stomach issues, typically you got some the magic bullets now that can get it knocked down, huh? Much, much better. Yeah. We, we used to use a medicine that many of the viewers will recognize called Tagamet. Mm -hmm. It was also called Cymetidine. And we still use Tagamet and Cymetidine today, uh, but it used to be that was all we had. And we were just dumping buckets of Tagamet down people, you know, just, just more, and they'd say, I can't, and more, more Tagamet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, gosh, probably fourth or fifth line therapy now. Right. I mean, right. It, it's not even something you think about a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, I, but you know, one of the one of the most, I think, impressive things about ulcers in the last 30, 40 years was the fact that ultimately we found out that a lot of them, maybe even most of them, are caused by infection. Interesting. And we didn't know that. Right. We had no right. idea. We thought it was stress. We thought it was bad dentition, maybe the cigarettes, uh, but nobody thought infection. And then right around uh, 1989, 1990, uh, some very smart people said, wait a minute, what is this certain bacteria in there? What is this thing? And, and is that related? And should we treat it? And will that make these people better? Just brilliant work. Absolutely brilliant so work. So you treat that in the end? In a Fix it, it just goes away. Kind of, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, yeah. so the, the infection is a bacteria. Now, let me back up a little bit. About 40% of stomach ulcers are from this infection. That's a big percentage. And about 40% are from something we'll talk about soon uh, called non-steroidal medicines, uh, which are anti-inflammatory medicines. Right. And then there's 20% that are just from weird things. So like um, aspirin or something like that that's an irritant? That's a non-steroidal, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so to get back to your question, can you just treat it and it'll go away? Absolutely. So, so the, the bacteria infection is called Helicobacter pylori. Right. And, and it used to be called Campylobacter pylori. They renamed it uh, Helicobacter pylori. We abbreviate it, call it H. pylori. And H. pylori is the is kind of the causative problem with a lot of these ulcers. Now, H. pylori alone won't cause ulcers. It takes a little more than that. It takes um, maybe a certain genetic makeup, okay, or maybe another thing you're doing on top of that, like maybe yeah. alcohol or tobacco. Mm -hmm. uh, but but the thing is, if you find that H. pylori and they're I can think of three different ways to find it, maybe four. Uh, if you find that H. pylori and you treat it, the ulcer goes away, the ulcer heals, it doesn't come back, life is great. 
you don't need an operation. Right. Yeah, so pretty right. cool stuff. Is, is some of that related to now? It seems like a lot of the buzzwords is for the, on the health community is, you know, you're, is maintaining um, your gut environment, you know, your gut your microbiome. Yeah, yeah, your microbiome. Is yes. that all part of the same same deal or is it? Um, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I know there is a ton of interest in, in what's in your colon. Right. And, right. and to some extent your small intestine, but mainly your colon. And, and there are actually more bacterial cells in you than there are human cells in you. Um, and, and those bacterial cells are now known to be a benefit in terms of excluding other more harmful organisms, right. in terms of modulating immunity. Uh, they, they now know that certain organisms help you fight off other diseases. They don't know exactly how they do that. Um, probably by secreting certain proteins sure. that, that are beneficial for both me mm -hmm. and them. Uh, but that's, that's when we talk about the microbiome, we, we kind of mean the flora of the mouth, uh, the flora of the gut, probably the skin. I mean, there's lots of bacteria on your skin, staph. So, sure, yeah. Um, but your stomach is, is a little bit different. For example, your stomach is this very acidic environment. Um, so, so acid uh, is measured on a scale called pH, and, and the lower that number, the more acidic, and the higher the number, the less acidic, and it goes from about 1 to 10. So, so 3, 2, 1 is pretty acidic, and 9, 10, 11 is not, 8, 9, 10. 7 is where life is happy, 7.4 to be exactly. So, so your body is 7.4, your blood is 7.4. Well, your stomach has a pH of about one, and and that is called hydrochloric acid. It just wants to eat stuff. Oh man! Yeah. And and so your stomach, it, it it's just amazing to me that this happens. Your stomach secretes hydrochloric acid, makes hydrochloric acid, secretes it, and that hyperacidity is is part of the equation for causing ulcers. But the fact that I mean, hydrochloric acid, like if you've seen like a horror movie. Oh, yeah. And the guy drips acid on something and yeah. the smoke comes up. Yeah. That, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's super caustic and, um, and so um, and destructive. But your stomach tolerates that. It tolerates this super acidic environment, um, usually. Yeah. But if you add um, H. pylori to it or an NSAID or... Uh, a couple other things, then you create an ulcer. Uh, but it, but because it's a super acidic environment, there aren't a lot of organisms that live there. Got it. It's not Got part it. of the microbiome Got it. necessarily. Uh, but H. pylori can live there, and it does live there. And it lives at the distal end of the stomach, a part of the stomach we call the antrum. And uh, I don't actually understand the pathophysiology of how H. pylori creates an ulcer. But basically what we do when we're looking for an ulcer now, we put a scope down into somebody, we go into their stomach, we find the ulcer and we nip off little pieces and we can test that for H. pylori sort of at the time we're doing the scope. Yeah. Uh, we put it in a yeah. little dish and we add a yeah. couple of reagents and it turns pink and you say, yeah, they've got it. Yeah. And treating that then cures that ulcer. Wow. Um, which, which, I mean, 30 years ago, yeah, 
You got yeah. all your teeth yanked. Out. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Right. So that's been a, just a huge thing for us. The treatment for H. pylori is uh, not so easy. Um, it is a combination of four drugs for two weeks. Oh wow! There's not a lot of infections where you take three or four drugs at a time. So you really have to nuke it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some, like TB is an example of one where you need multiple medications, uh, some of the more complicated bacterial infections, but most bacterial infections, you take one antibiotic right as a way. Right, right. Uh, and one of them actually interesting is uh, Pepto, is, is bismuth. You know, the pink bottle? Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. that's one of so the... So that's medic- one of the... That's one of them, yeah. So we were almost there. 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah, right? you know, Almost right, there, right? just not quite. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you mentioned the other that has been just a huge breakthrough with uh, stomach ulcers is Prilosec. So Prilosec, which was the um, first of that class of yes. medicines, came out about the same time, about 1989, 1990. Real game changer. What Prilosec does is it prevents your stomach from producing acid. That's how it works. So it gives the whole system a break while you're on that cycle of it. It changes that pH from one to about five or six. Let stuff repair. And, and everything yeah. um, tends to improve. So Prilosec is over the counter, right? You can buy it over the counter, any drugstore. Um, and, and that Prilosec has been a huge breakthrough because one, you have to figure out what's causing the ulcer. Uh, but then two, um, part of the treatment is to make it a less acidic environment, right. which you do with Prilosec, right. and then you add the bismuth, the um, Pepto, and then you add a couple antibiotics, two or three antibiotics, and two weeks That's later it, yeah. you're good. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so basically, it frees up your time to treat other other Ill- illnesses rather than, you know, because, I mean, ulcers and it, I mean that used to be a I mean as far as family medicine that was a pretty I mean, that was a chunk wasn't it that was I mean, a big yeah. deal big deal and and if you think about the morbidity involved so so an ulcer um, one of the one of the most important complications is bleeding yeah so so your stomach is very vascular yeah uh, because of you know it's a it's eating things so it's very vascular so um, would, when you, that ulcer erodes into those arteries and veins, you can really bleed. You can die. I mean, you can, you can and, and, and unfortunately, some patients, the first sign they have of any problem is the bleeding. Right. They won't have the pain. Right. Uh, they may not even have the nausea. Uh, they may not have any other symptom, but suddenly they poop out a big black thing and, and they're already in trouble. Now, is that kind of related? Because it seems like years ago, we used to always talk about people being anemic. You know, I mean, is that part of the, was that part of the, you know, hat in hand type of stuff from just a lot of the ulcers and, you know, chronic bleeds and stuff like that? I know, yeah. you know, it's, you never really hear about anemia so much as, seems yeah. like as you used to, maybe I, not. I think that was part of it. Um, yeah, definitely. With with if if you have a small ulcer that's kind of oozing, right? Uh, you can definitely get anemic. Uh, but the the really the biggest causes of anemia are menstrual bleeding, 
Uh, a lot of the young women will right. have anemia. Right. And the other big cause of anemia is uh, diet. And so vegans don't get enough iron. I know because I married one. <laughs> <laughs> and Are you now? Pretty much? No, I go. You're I, not. No, oh, no, okay. No, 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 so you've no. managed that whole. That was that was part of the agreement. <laughs> <laughs> we never eat the same meal. Actually, never do. Uh, but boy, is it hard to find food in the house? Oh my right. gosh! You know, there's leaves and yes. You know, snacking the whole branches thing, uh, yeah. and. You know, you know, mushrooms and all this stuff, and you go, man, where's the protein? Where's the? Right. I need, to, I need some protein. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so the vegans uh, would not get enough iron, and they would get anemic. And if you had menstrual periods to, to a vegan diet, and there's a lot of vegans these days, um, iron deficiency anemia is pretty common. Pretty common. Yeah. yeah. But you can get it from ulcers. Yeah. 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 Now the other big cause of ulcers were NSAIDs. And it, it used to be that there were not a lot of NSAIDs. NSAID is like aspirin, Aleve, Advil. A, a, a point of fact is that Tylenol is not an NSAID, so Tylenol isn't what we're talking about. Uh, but, but all these other NSAIDs, really they didn't come on the market until, gosh, the 70s, even a little bit in the 60s. I think ibuprofen in the 60s mm -hmm. and then the 70s. and. There's probably 20 of them now. But these NSAIDs are, are particularly a problem with stomachs in certain people, not in everybody. And, and so uh, people that take Aleve or Advil, which are great medicines for mm -hmm. great reasons, uh, can actually burn a hole in their stomach. And, and, and so that is the other big thing. It's one was the infection, the other is the NSAIDs. So, um, so we try to be pretty careful with NSAIDs. I mean, they, they work really well with joint pain and right. headaches and right. just a variety of things, but we're always kind of saying, you know, not too much. Don't make it part of your daily regimen. Not too only often. Asthma, you did not a, yeah, exactly. Not a exactly. Two of them every day type of thing is part of your routine. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I did, there was a guy named, uh, uh, was it Frank Nutter? No, I, uh, um, maybe it was Norman Rockwell. No, it was Frank Nutter, I think. He would draw pictures of the perfect heart attack, you know, and it, it was the middle-aged male coming out of the restaurant with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth in the cold weather and the snow and, and holding his chest, and you go, okay, that's a heart attack. I, I don't know. Any, it's just a right. visual. Right. But that, right. so, so if you were to do that about ulcers, it would, it would be a male, they're more common in males, um, who is smoking a cigarette with a drink in his hand, uh, popping a couple Motrin for right. the headache he's right. going to get the next morning right. so he can go to work. And, yeah. And kind of yeah. the perfect storm, you burn a hole in your stomach. Yeah. Now the other big complication from ulcers, one is bleeding, and bleeding is a big deal. Uh, because it can be arterial bleeding and, and it can be definitely an emergency. The way somebody would know that is they would have black stool. Right. Uh, and right. It, has, it has a very distinct smell and, and it has a little bit of red in it. Um, just as a side note, if somebody takes Pepto, Pepto also causes black stool. So you can get fooled. Uh, but basically that's what somebody would notice if they're bleeding. But the other complication is um, perforation. So, so your stomach actually is pretty thick. It's probably three-eighths of an inch thick. 
and you can burn a hole through that doing this and when you do that's called perforation and suddenly oh, yeah. you have gastric juice all over and you have infection then and you go down the whole sepsis route right you're Isn't in trouble yeah. right you yeah. are in big trouble yeah. right and so basically somebody has perforation uh goes right to the operating room i mean they go they stop in the er we take the film we see they're perforated they go right they to go. the operating room yeah because isn't that i mean because once once that goes through and they start getting into like sepsis i mean it's just multi-organ failure i mean once you you have to knock that you have to nuke it quick right, right? It, it, that... it's all hands on deck right, right uh, because right, they are right. in trouble and yeah if, if you were to ignore a perforation you would probably see death at about 36 maybe 48 hours they got a couple days yeah it depends on the reserve if they're healthy yeah. like you yeah. they got a couple days if they're a little bit older a little more frail man it's, it's like the perfect storm just boom and they go downhill so so we don't see that as much as we used to we still see perforations right. and we still right. go to the operating room but we see bleeding all the time we used to see these perforations all the time so I, I guess one of the messages we could get out to the viewers is if you have stomach pains uh, which can be one of the presenting symptoms you should get that checked out and if you're on NSAIDs like Motrin or uh, leave Advil you should probably stop those until stop you get it figured out yeah and some Prilosec is probably a good idea um, so there's a couple things you can do you know if it's a Saturday or Sunday and you're waiting till Monday there's a couple things you can start do. your Prilosec cycle <laughs> get off get off the leave and Advil start yeah. the Prilosec yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. um and it kind of spin is a little kind of a little bit of a, a positive angle is because you know that's you're talking about one medical condition that we've we haven't eradicated it, but we've turned it into a manageable and, and declining in numbers. Um, are we just in a weird way? I know all all the talk about health and everything else, but are people generally getting healthier now? I mean, you know, with I mean, are we? I think are we making progress as a society overall? And sometimes we we take that for granted, or no? We're not. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're doing a little we're doing better with cigarettes okay uh, which was huge uh, we're doing better somewhat with alcohol somewhat uh, but we're, we're really having challenges is with weight weight and and we're seeing so weight is overcompensating for all the things you know it's offsetting the rest yeah, yeah. And, and and we've made huge advances with cancer right i mean it used to be cancer was a death sentence it didn't even matter what kind if you have cancer you know go go get a will mm -hmm. uh, it was one stop mm -hmm. shopping that's all you needed but cancer you know, like with breast cancer now 90 plus percent survival prostate cancer 90 plus percent survival uh, some of the leukemias, 100% survival, 90% survival. They're more chronic things now than rather than acute, right? I mean, they just you just manageable or there's a lot you can yeah. do. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot you can do. So, so a lot of medical progress. But, but, you know, honestly, if if I had to raise the red flag, it would be with the food industry. You know, and I'll probably be marked after this show. <laughs> but, but the food industry is just not honest. They're right. just not. Right. And, and they, they are happy when you eat a lot. Uh, they, they 
they are, I think, not honest about what they put in foods. I think labeling is misleading. Uh, the high fructose corn syrup, the sugar, right. Right. Uh, the processed food. I, and they know how to make you eat more. They know how to make it addicting. They're, they're very good at that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they know how to. And then you add on top of that the fast food industry. Man, not a good thing. But it's so convenient, right? Sure. You know, you pull yeah. into the thing, you got a couple burgers, mm -hmm. tastes good, you're mm -hmm. having a busy, you, you earned it. You're having a yes. busy day, right? Yes. Uh, so the fast food industry doesn't help. And then the restaurants, oh my gosh. I mean, mounds of food. Right. Mound, I, right. You know, I don't know anybody that can eat the amount of food on a plate at a yeah. restaurant. Yeah. I mean, you just look at it and you go, whoa, is that for everybody or just me? You know, and mm -hmm. I mean, so so if I could raise the red flag in healthcare, it would it would be directed more toward obesity, the food industry. I saw something that was kind of crazy. I wish I could remember where I read it, but the whole gist of this story was that you would be surprised how many people that routinely eat five and six thousand calories a day every single day. You know, I mean, it's not just you know, it's not the, I mean the the sheer volume of food. I mean, the sheer volume of just calories and stuff. And there's a lot of people that just eat. And they make it so easy. Oh, yeah. They make it yeah. easy. I mean, uh, you can order your groceries on the phone or bring them to the car. Um, I know it's a little more complicated than that, but, you know, you can pull into the burger shop on the way back from lunch. I mean, they just make it too easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. It, the food industry is not serving our community very well. Right. I mean, they're just not. By the way, um, people always, getting back to ulcers, you know, stomach ulcers, people always wonder, what about diet? You know? Yes. You know, what, what um, we talked a little bit about the vegan diet, but that wasn't in this context. And, and so there really isn't a specific diet for ulcers. Uh, one of the few topics we've talked about were probably doesn't matter what you eat. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, even maybe would something like an intermittent fasting help where you just basically, you don't give, you don't give the stomach anything to work on for a while, does that help or no? Uh, probably no. Wow, okay. But, the, but they've done experiments um, where they have people with ulcers and like one group is eating jalapenos, right? And the other group right. is eating like rainbow bread or sure. something. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem to make any difference. I mean, <coughs> it it does turn out um, that that the that the the diets that have more vegetables and more fruit, those patients tend to have fewer ulcers. Fewer ulcers. Yeah. Um, but if you were if you were to have an ulcer right now and you were to say, "Hey, Randy, what what should I eat?" Sure, let's say eat anything you anything want. Anything you want. Yeah, I mean there isn't one that's better than the other. So the peppers don't kill H. pylori. Not so far. No, no. <laughs> not so far. <laughs> right. So you don't. You, if there's a strong enough pepper, it doesn't. It, it right. doesn't kill. Them. We haven't found the pepper okay. yet. Yeah. All right. We got about a minute left. So what's the oh. summation on on ulcers? So, so if you're having stomach pains, yeah. uh, think ulcers. Uh, they're provoked by smoking. Uh, they are provoked by alcohol. Uh, uh, they are made worse by NSAIDs, Aleve, Advil, um, not Tylenol. Tylenol is fine. 
Um, they're preventable, and if you don't treat them, uh, the complications can, can be life-threatening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate it. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure, John. Thank you. <laughs>